Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Sandy Valencia in June when the theme was privilege. Sandy is a fourth generation born and raised in Montezuma County, Colorado, on both her mother's and father's side, which made it very hard for her to find someone to date growing up that she wasn't related to. Her ancestors came from many different places, including Germany, Denmark, Spain, and Cherokee by way of the Trail of Tears. Sandy served in the Colorado Army National Guard and retired after 23 years. She more recently taught at Southwest Open School for seven years, but learned just as much from her students as they learned from her, a reward she receives every time she sees a former student. Here is Sandy's story. At age 16, my grandmother died. We were very close, and my life would never be the same. My friends learned of a, an Air Force Junior ROTC program that was coming to Mancus High School just for a portion of the last semester of my sophomore year. My mom thought it would be a great distraction, so I said, okay, let's do this. When it time came to sign up, my friends decided they didn't want to do that. I said, okay, fine. This was your idea. I'll just go ahead and do it. And they recruited a brother of, of theirs to come and talk me out of it as well. And I had a crush on him, so they thought that would be more power. And I just looked at him and I said, you know, this was your idea. I'm going to see it through. And besides, you don't even have a job. What are you going to tell me what to do? That ended the crush. <laughs> um, when I graduated from Mancus High School, I was contemplating either fashion design or interior decorating. But I neither had the grades nor the funds to do that. So I said, OK, plan B. Raise my right hand, pledge to support and defend the Constitution of the United States as a U.S. Army soldier. So I did that. We were called up to go to Desert Storm. So I was a soldier before I was a mom or a wife. So I left my children with my mom and my first sergeant and his wife and the staff at Manala Elementary to take care of my children. So I went and the first place we stopped was a port in Saudi Arabia. Well, I'd seen the ocean a couple of times, Southern California, beautiful, nice beaches. The port was totally different. It smelled of exhaust, oil, lots of noise from the tankers and the generators on land. As we move farther into the city to a place called Kobar Towers, high rise townhouses, there were thousands of military personnel in this one area. It was like a giant target for Iraqi Russian scuds, missiles. And across the interstate from where we were at was a Patriot battery. And they were there to make sure that no scuds came in our area. So one night, my battle buddy, Eddie Mondragon, and I decided we wanted to 
see one of these scuds be destroyed. So the, the sirens started wailing, and we were in our mop gear, which is to protect you from nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare weapons. And the sirens are wailing, and we're on the balcony, and we're waiting for the scud to come. Well, since I'd been there, I hadn't eaten a lot, and by the time I got home, back to the United States, I weighed 87 pounds. I just didn't want to eat. It was too hot, and the, smooth, the food smelled awful, so I ate fruit all the time. Um, so we're standing on the balcony and waiting for this, and all the conditions were just right. We were watching it, and all of a sudden, the Patriot shoots, and I find myself running at a full run not under my own control. The repercussion from that missile sent me into the room and I caught myself just before I hit the wall. That was quite exciting. So when Eddie got in the room behind me, he's like, what happened? So I explained it to him. No more scud watching for us. <laughs> uh, deeper into the desert, we, my main job was to chase the mail across the desert. My main job was to keep morale up, bring the messages from home to our ambulance crews that were stationed all over the desert. So one time we went to get the mail, picked it up, got in the vehicle, and we were on our way back. A dust storm came up, so the road's gone. Any tracks of us getting there are gone, so we had to use our compass to get back. That was always the guide, if you couldn't see, because there is nothing in the desert. It's colorless. To me, it, I don't want to use the word ugly, but I didn't like it. it there's no color. 360 view of the curvature of the earth. It's just like, no. The only color that I saw was the sunrise and the sunset, which were beautiful due to the fires in Kuwait. So. We get all the mail back, and, and then it's time to move to another area, which we constantly moved. And we move in a convoy. And I'm sitting there. He, Eddie would never let me drive. He was always very protective. She's not going to drive. So I never got to drive in the desert. I had no idea what it was like. We. We're on a two-lane road, similar to Lebanon Road. No shoulders, just the two lanes. Except you're on the desert, so we don't have any ditches or fences. And I notice a vehicle coming up on the passenger side. He had stopped at the vehicle before me. And I was like, oh no, this guy's going to kill me. He, he's honking. He's yelling something, and he's motioning, roll down your window. So I rolled down the window. He handed me a book on Islam in my language. He wanted me to know his religion. And I also forgot something. Um, many times we went to fuel stations. And of course, Eddie, being the gentleman, he would not let me fuel the vehicle. So. I saw a peddler with 
items on the back of his truck, so I went to see what he had. And I thought, well, this is a perfect time to buy things for my grandmother, so I bought her a scale, and it was brass, and it had two cross swords and a palm tree. I bought my mom a scarf with some red roses on it. I bought my children, Desiree and Warren, the traditional headdress, black for Desiree with the veil across their face, and the red and white um, covering for males with the black uh, weighted thing that keeps it on, their, on your head. And I bought for Gary and Trudy, which were helping my mom take care of my children, I bought Trudy a small vase and Gary a calendar that you could spin the dial and set it whatever you want. But if you've ever noticed pictures of mosques with the filigree and all the decoration on it, that's what it looked like on this vase and also the calendar. As I was walking back to the vehicle, I noticed a, a gentleman get out of one of the tanker trucks and he was walking up to me and he was motioning and very excited and he was screaming something that I couldn't understand. I thought, again, this guy's going to kill me with a smile on his face. But he walked up to me and he pointed at the scale and he, and he was saying Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. He wanted me to know that I had just purchased the symbol to his country. So uh, the old cliche about make your first impression a good one. These two gentlemen, I could never have asked for more. They wanted me to know about their country and their religion. It's not any different than we are. You're always proud of where you come and what you come from and what you believe in. I would not change a thing, although I did many times leave my children. They weren't harmed by it. Actually, my son's in the military. And uh, I met some fantastic people, people that I have a bond with that it can never be broken because of what we went through. But also, it has been an honor to serve you all in the Colorado National Guard. And I thank you so much for allowing me to do that as a soldier. I accomplished my mission and did my duty to make sure that those people were safe as well. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for sharing your story with us. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Our next storytelling event will be September 7th and 8th at James Ranch, north of Durango, and at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton, when the theme will be water. And we are also currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in October, when the theme will be belonging. And if you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And be sure to share these stories with your friends and comment on things that you loved. Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website. And be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. 
We also want to thank our nonprofit sponsor organization, Mancus Valley Resources. We couldn't do it without you. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for an outtake. <laughs> this alchemy of change stuff is fantastic. Dad, I've been changing, changing left, changing right. That's right. We're all changing, whether you like it or not. Oh, my God. Me and Vinny was talking about it the other day. <gasps> oh.